Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share my friends' God stories with you. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and will be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. This is episode 155 with Stephanie Schaefer. Stephanie is a pastor's wife, a mom to two college girls, and a son in kindergarten. She is the director of North Star Academy, an online private Christian school for 4th through 12th graders. Today, Stephanie shares with us how she walked through a severe depression a few years ago and how God is faithful in our times of struggle. She says, God prepares the way. He knows exactly what's going to happen, what's in your heart and mind, and what you are going to need in the moment. What is unique about this episode is that Stephanie has not shared this part of her story on a podcast before. There's a lot of stigma and shame surrounding depression, and especially as a pastor's wife. I'm grateful to Stephanie for being vulnerable in sharing today. So this is part one with Stephanie, and part two will be on her podcast called The North Star Narrative, where I had the opportunity to share how faithful God is in all of our stories. So let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Stephanie Schaefer. Well, welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. Thank you so much, Ren. I'm excited to be here today. Well, it's fun because we have some mutual friends. I know Ava May is someone that you have uh, learned under with the Chronological Bible. I had her on this past summer. And then Presley works at the same school that you are at, that you're the head of. And Presley was on the podcast a couple of years ago. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I love Ava May, and I've gotten to really love Presley. She's been here for a little while, and I listened to her podcast. Oh, yeah. It was really good. She's got an amazing story. She does. So let me jump in with talking about you. This is the first time we've met. I looked on your website about all the things that you do as uh, the director of North Star Academy, and we're going to get into that. So before we do, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Okay. Well, I've got an awesome family. Um, my husband is Charlie, and we have been in the ministry together for many years. He is actually on staff at a church uh, locally, and um, I've got two daughters. Um, I call them our first family. One is 21. She's a senior in college, and one is 18, a freshman in college. And then our second family is a five-year-old in kindergarten, a little boy with red hair, which is totally different than any of us. We're not sure where the red hair came from. Maybe my dad when he was a, um, a kid, but we have a lot of fun. It's a real unique dynamic in the quarantine. The girls were home. So I was like, it's four adults and a four-year-old. <laughs> a little bit different having four adults in a home, but um, it's really a lot of fun. And the girls have done so well with him. He really has three moms and one dad. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. So tell me a little bit about that. Was he a, definitely a blessing, but a surprise to y'all's family? He was. So we had no trouble having the girls. Um, and then I know Charlie really wanted a boy and we, you know, really would like to have a third child. And so, um, we actually got pregnant twice before Holton 
and lost both those babies. And um, so really did not think we were going to have another one because we were getting on up there in age. And um, yeah, we um, had just moved into our home that we're in now. And um, a few days later, I think it was maybe a couple weeks, I found out I was pregnant. And um, well, I just felt like something was wrong or weird or you didn't even really think pregnancy. I thought, I'm going to go get a test. And, and I showed it to Charlie and he fell out on the bathroom floor and was just floored because he is, he's about to be 54. Okay. So 54 with, I'm not quite that old with, um, a five-year-old is, is, is fun. We're, we're more like grandparents right now. It feels like that's why I said, like we've raised our kids normally at the age that most people have kids. And now it's like, we're a little bit older and he's really scared of what it's going to be like when, you know, Holton's a senior in high school and he definitely looks like the granddad. <laughs> that is so neat, though, a story that you've seen the loss, but then you have seen the blessings and, you know, the beauty that comes from ashes that's in oh, the scripture. Yes. So that is that is neat, but I guess it definitely keeps you on your toes. He does. <laughs> it does. Oh, yeah. He requires nonstop. So the girls, you know, if you have girls and got boys, you know, there's a little bit different, a little bit more uh-huh. wild more energy. And then the red hair adds to that. I used to always hear red hair. There's a mean streak or they're wilder. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yes, it's true. (laughs) In our case, he, um, he does have a little wild streak and, uh, but he's so much fun. He's super smart being Mm. around, you know, for adults. Um, It (laughs) seems like he, he picks up on things and he really is doing really well in kindergarten because most kids in his class are six or almost six. You know, he's barely five. Okay. But so far he's doing good. Good. That's neat. It is definitely like he's an only child because of your uh, daughters that are older. That's neat. I'm an only child, so I can definitely sympathize with them. And my son is an only child. (laughs) So, oh, well. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit. You have a story of your background in mental health and that you walked through some difficult times. Can you tell us a little bit about looking back now of where you really saw that it was starting in your life? Yeah. Uh, I look back, I've always been a really driven person. Um, like I got a job as soon as possible. I, I look back and I think I had my first babysitting job at nine. Of course the mom wow. stayed home, but I was babysitting by myself at 11. And wow. most people I think still get babysitters for 11 year olds now. Mm-hmm. And so I was always um, driven to just work really hard, um, and do things well. And so I look back on that and, um, I don't know if that's some of, some of it, just having that um, desire for excellence and never giving up and just having a lot of pressure. But the first time I remember something maybe being wrong looking back was in college um, because I felt like I could never take a break. Like if I just wanted to say, take a break and go take a bath or um, just watch TV or something, I would feel guilty for that. because, like, no, I need to be studying. I need to be, you know, doing this or that like working, like I always have to do something. Um, and so I think just not either that's part of the disease or not having self-care being, you know, an important part, really knowing about that back then. So I'm a real, um, I talk a lot about self-care and really try to help people know the importance of that. Um, because there wasn't, balance. There wasn't balance there. So Mm. a lot of times I can be real extreme one way or the other. And so you're going to do everything you can to work well. So my last two years in college, I worked a full-time job plus went to school full-time. 
Wow. Um, so that, that was a lot. And I was involved with the BSU and ministry, you know, at um, Ole Miss where I was. So I think that's when I look back, I see that, but didn't really recognize anything. Didn't really have symptoms or something was wrong where I had to seek help until I was 30. So Stephanie, tell us specifically what you were struggling with when you hit the age of 30. So when I was 30, um, we had make a, made a big life change. Um, I'd always wanted to be in the, in the ministry, whether it was overseas missions um, or once I got married, I thought we, we'll, we'll be missionaries overseas um, or do something. But um, Charlie surrendered to um, the ministry after we had been married several years. So the next step was um, going to be seminary, and um, it was good for us to m- look at Mid-America because my parents were here and they could help with the two little girls. I could work and help support him through that. And so it was a total life change. We sold everything we had, um, and that, that's a really cool story how we sold everything. God just really um, did a marvelous work, which helped Charlie know um, that we were called, which I think kind of helped me too looking back, because it, it's a, it's a big deal when you're, you know, already in your life and you're, let's see, he was 30 something. If I was 30 around that time, he's 30, 70, seven years older. And so it's a big deal to go back to school and, mm-hmm. and totally quit your job at. You've been there all those years and sell your house that you just built and take two little girls and go. Um, but we just pour ourselves into that, into seminary. And, and we got involved in the church and I was teaching a lot of different discipleship groups and Bible studies and then trying to work. I was doing medical transcription at home, but then I had the sales job, just lots of things going on. And I think that's normal for anyone that made, you know, a big life transition that can trigger um, sometimes things to happen. And, uh, but I do think I already maybe had something there. Um, definitely the lack of self-care, definitely the out of balance and just full force and everything, didn't know how to take a break. And so when I hit 30, um, I just had a severe depression, just time of depression, but I'm so driven that I would still do everything I was supposed to do. I was not going to like get in the bed and never get out. Um, so I did every, checked all the boxes, did everything I was supposed to do at work, at home. But then as soon as I could, I remember I would just get in the bed and, um, pull the covers up over my head and just like, I don't, I don't want to go on. I don't know how I'm going to go on. I don't know how I'm going to get up the next morning. And I think I was probably just completely worn out, burned out. Praise God that, that it happened while we were at seminary. I mean, I love how God prepares the way he knows exactly what's going to happen. What's in your heart and mind, what you're going to need at the moment. And so he had provided through seminary, this opportunity to um, meet Dr. Gray Allison, who had founded Mid-America Seminary. And so we got um, his daughter, Suzanne Grigsby, Charlie and Suzanne Grigsby, um, have a ministry called Shepherd's Havens of Rest. And it's an amazing ministry that they minister to seminary students and people in the ministry. And we, they were having one locally at home. And so they live next door to each other. They did. Dr. Gray's passed now, but they live next to each other. And so Charlie and I actually stayed at Dr. Gray's Allison's house. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, that we get to stay here as young seminary (laughs) students. Um, Not young, but (laughs) (laughs) students. Um, Anyway, so through that, got to build a relationship with uh, Suzanne and Charlie. And um, they were the ones that I was able to reach out to. They were able to walk me through that and talk me through it and get me um, to a doctor that could help. Um, 
But the big part of my story is, is now where is at this point that I really struggled with that because, because of my imbalance, I would like, I don't take Tylenol. I don't take anything. I would just suffer through the pain. I really didn't like medicine. And I'd been in, you know, we'd, I'd done a lot of ministry before, um, this point. And I had always told women something that's totally wrong that, um, if you're struggling with depression or anything like that, it's a sin. You're mm-hmm. probably not right with God. You're probably not reading his word enough. You're not praying. You know, there's something you need to let go. And that was my stance on it mm-hmm. because I had never really experienced anything until 30, um, that I could pinpoint. And so before I reached out to Suzanne and Charlie, I, I think I tried to deal with it on my own. You know, I'll read the Bible more. I will spend time more in prayer. What am I doing? God, please help me. Um, get over this. I know this isn't of you. What, what do I need to do? And it would just really struggle. Um, but through Charlie and Suzanne, listening to them, them ministering to me and them um, taking me to a doctor and the nurse there was amazing. She's still my friend. She's no longer um, with that group, but we still talk. She, it took a long time. It took many sessions for her to convince me and help me understand that depression or any type of mental health is a chemical imbalance and it's a real thing. It's just like diabetes or any other thing where your body's not functioning like it needs to and you need insulin, say, for diabetes. Well, for me, I didn't have enough serotonin, you know, in my brain. So they make medicine that can help put that back in, which helps balance you out. Um, So it was a long road for me because I thought, I probably was thinking, you know, how, how can I admit this to anybody or what's the stigma that goes along with this? I just remember that being a really, really tough road and probably didn't talk about it too, too much, but now I want to try to talk about it more because I know that Satan wants women, everyone, but especially women, he, through this, wants to keep them in bondage. Mine got so severe though, uh, that I even had suicidal thoughts. I knew that I was fully a Christian. I mean, I had given my life to Christ when I was 17, grew up in the church, but gave my life really surrendered to Christ wholly when I was 17. And so I'd been walking with him. God had had allowed me to be discipled by women. And, and I knew that I knew Christ. So how could I be having thoughts of suicide? And um, I knew I would not do anything. And the way I describe this to people is it felt like someone had dug a hole and put me in that hole. Mm -hmm. And I would try to fight to get out of that hole but there was dirt being pushed on me, like shoveled on the hole. So I'm down in a deep hole and it it would be shoveled on top of me. And I would try to fight. So you would use your hand, you know, my hands and try to get through the dirt. But eventually you just give up. You're like, I'm never going to get out. Like there's always going to be so much more dirt piled on me. I cannot get out. Um, And so you just want to give up. I just can't go on. And so that was really what my, what I call suicidal thoughts, it was more like, I can't go on. Mm. I just don't have enough in me to keep going and to fight this God. How am I going to do it? And so finally giving in to the medicine and trying it, uh, I didn't give in at first because I would, nope, that's not working. I'm not taking that medicine. So they switched a couple of times, but praise God, I was able to find um, just a mild medicine. It's not even for depression. And um, mine was really more of a we found out more of a mood disorder, just kind of up and down, which explains that balance um, 
all or nothing, you know? Um, so I would give something, everything I have, and then I would crash mm. because I'd given everything I had. Does that make sense? Wow. So I kinda, I kind of looking back, I can see that. And still that's my personality. Um, so I think some of this, the way we are is God's made us different ways, our personalities. And then you've got your environment that you're in. Um, my dad really wanted a lot from me. And um, so he pushed, whether it was sports or academics, he, um, he pushed a lot of things for me to do it well. And that was great. But because of my mindset, I would take that and and push myself harder and harder and harder. Mm. Um, well, I want to so, go back to something that you said earlier about how it took you a little bit of time to share and like to, to share with the friends that, um, that, you know, and, and that is really true. I think there's a lot of women that are in their life. They're feeling a lot of shame about it, whether if it's anxiety or depression or eating disorder or anything that is just something that there's a stigma with that you mentioned. I feel like there's a lot of women that are doing it by themselves, but what, what was the turning point for you? Like you said, you didn't really want to take the medicine or go to the doctor and all that. What was the turning point where you knew you needed to? I think just praying a lot, having good godly counsel from the people that God had put in my life, I think helped and just hearing the same thing over and over, um, seeing that there was no way I was going to get out and just recognizing, um, that a chemical imbalance is real and it could be anything wrong with your body. It's no different than any other disease where you would need medicine. It's something in an organ in your body that's not functioning correctly, you know, your brain's not getting what it needs to be balanced out and just really grasping a hold of that. And so God used that in my life so that then I could share that with women. I no longer would say it's a sin. I mean, sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes, yes, there could be things in our lives sure. that we need to get right. And, and God's putting some pressure on us until we do, you know, maybe because he wants that relationship with us. And if we are his, he wants all of us mm -hmm. and for us to be fully surrendered. So yes, there's that, but there is totally a possibility that it could be chemical imbalance and you need help, um, outside and, and you know, God, and I would hear, I would hear them say to me, God made medicine. He made the doctors. And I'd be like, no, you know, screaming against that. But um, just realizing that, yeah, he does. I think seeing a purpose in it too, that God, I love in second Corinthians where, you know, God talks about, we go through suffering so that we are comforted. So then we can turn around and comfort others. That's not the end of my story. Like I did not give up. God put people in my life to come around me and love on me and explain and help me understand. He did give me medicine that would work for me and, and balance that out. And that wasn't it. I mean, all amazing things have happened um, since then. And um, I look to the day where I am, you know, I've been at North Star for 12 years and it's an incredible school. And now being able to step into this role of director and, being able to have a family and be in ministry with my husband. And um, I mean, God uses everything in your life to help you along with what he has for you. And he has a great purpose. And just because something like this happened in my life, everything didn't end. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And Absolutely. The story. Yeah. Well, and I love how you, it's giving freedom to others because we're seeing it in your life and we're seeing you walk it out. 
what's so cool is, okay, it wasn't like God gave me the medicine that fixed everything and right. perfect. God gave me so much after that. And so I know one of the friends you mentioned, Ava May, um, that came along right around that time. And um, Ava May has an amazing ministry, Chronological Bible Teaching. And so I was in one of her first groups as she was um, just exploring what God was doing with this. And so mm. I sat under her and I'd been through from 17 to 30, I'd been through tons of Bible studies, a lot of Beth Moore Bible studies, so many things. Um, but I had never read the Bible all the way through mm-hmm. from Genesis to Revelation and really understood it. And so during this time, my faith grew. So I'd taken lots of spiritual, you know, inventory tests and what's your giftings and faith was never, I don't remember that ever showing up. Um, it was always evangelism or discernment, hospitality. But after walking through the word and really dissecting all of it, learning the story, learning who God is over and over and who I am, um, guess what my number one spiritual gift is? Mm. Faith. Wow. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mm. And so God did more than just the medicine. He gave me an incredible faith and it's through him. It's mm. him and how he put Ava in my life and that. And then now he's allowed me to be able to pour into so many women and raise up leaders um, through our church that have gone on to other churches. And that's just an incredible part of my story too. So I love how God gives us what we need yeah. at the moment that we need it. And then, yeah, I want to pick back up on the pastor's wives too, because yeah, that's not something. How can I talk about that? How's that going <laughs> to look on my husband? What's that going to reflect on? Is he going to get fired? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm crazy or <laughs> on medicine. I mean, there's all these thoughts that, that Satan mm-hmm. will put in your head and make you feel like you're alone because if he can make you alone, um, hmm. then there's no telling what, what can happen. You, you will spiral down. God created us for a relationship with him and a relationship for others, for community. And we have each other to help. And that's why when I knew I was coming on here, I was like, God, what do you want me to share? And I think it's this just to say, Hey, Yes, there's things in our lives and you might be listening to this. I've never had depression and mental health, but there, it could be something else, something else that you're kind of keeping in the dark or just not want to talk about. You're embarrassed about it. Or you're scared what it's going to do, but you know, you need freedom and you can reach out to Christ and he will give you freedom. And then he's going to bring people around you when you just surrender it all. So I think it was mm. just letting go. It took years for me because I'm, what am I now? 40, about to be 47. So 17 years, I mean, it took years for me to let go. It wasn't an overnight process mm. just to let him have it, to talk about it and say, yes, this is a real thing. And I, I have freedom in you, Christ, freedom for however you choose. So Stephanie wanted to control how I was going to be fixed. Okay. Yes, I have depression. I have this, but I'm going to fix it with the word. Mm-hmm. But God was like, no, I'm going to fix it with medicine. Mm. And, and you're going to be dependent on this um, as you're dependent on me. Mm. That's good. That's a good word. Well, and tell us a little bit how you are in leadership for North Star Academy. Tell us a little bit about it. And I had never heard of it. And we just live down the road. I'm in Memphis. You're down in Mississippi, just down the road. And it sounds like an incredible, incredible school and then resource for parents who are thinking, well, I don't know if I want to homeschool. I don't know how to do that. Or, and I, don't want to send my kids to school. What option is there from a fourth 
grader to a senior. So tell us a little bit about North Star and then tell us about your pod. We'll jump into that, but tell us a little <laughs> bit about North Star first. Yeah. Oh, so I love North Star and just light up when I talk about North Star Academy. So North Star is one of the schools of the Network of International Christian Schools. So Net- NICS, Network of International Christian Schools, has schools all over the world. They've been around for about 36 years now, I think. Just an incredible ministry that wants to provide an excellent education and win students to Christ through that. Mm-hmm. And my sister um, was with Nix. She was at, served at the school in Seoul, South Korea for si- almost 17 years, 16 years. Um, and so that's how I first found out about Nix. But um, Nix bought North Star Academy in 2008. And um, it had been around since 1998. It was created for Wycliffe missionaries, North Star was. And then we came on board as a Nix school to really help all the other next schools to be able to provide AP classes and different classes when they, you know, couldn't have a teacher on the field. But also we've stayed true to our roots for Wycliffe missionaries, for IMB missionaries, all kinds of missionaries all over the world. Um, we help supplement their education or be their whole education. So, you know, the parents can invest in the ministry and know their kids are getting a good college or get, getting a good college prep education. But now it's so amazing because we have students that are actors and actresses and Olympic skiers and bull riders and skeet shooters. We've got like the top in the world skeet shooter, you know, at North Star Academy and just, yeah, families that want full, full um, North Star Academy. They take all their courses here. They want a dual accredited school. We're duly accredited, which means a lot. And, and to so many um, homeschool moms, I know sometimes students just want to take one course um, Mm -hmm. and supplement, you know, something else they're doing. So we have so many people that use this. We also have over a hundred schools around the world that are using this um, just like our next schools do. And so um, this year we we're already close to maybe 2,700 students. I think lives that we are able to touch and um, it's just incredible. We just got through having um, our spiritual emphasis event that we have twice a year where we brought in, our new pastor, Pastor Jared Brooks at our church here where my husband's on staff and um, kids came to know the Lord and um, they got to interact with one another online and they were just so excited to have that interaction and meet new students um, during this time when, you know, some kids aren't able to go to school at all, a brick and mortar school. And it's just a really amazing place where we have a full social life. So we have the spiritual emphasis event right now, this week, we're having a college event. And so we've got all these colleges coming in through Zoom. So we're online. So everything's done through Zoom. I know so many people don't like Zoom right now because they're forced to use it, but it really is an amazing platform. We do other platforms as well, but they're coming in and just telling all about their colleges and universities and helping our students learn. Um, We have full student council and um, just all kinds of Bible studies, devotions the students lead. So it's really unlimited what we have. We have 200 plus courses. I mean, anywhere from which how do you do that online well we do it um (laughs) to marine biology and wow um just every course you can you could think of plus just tons of electives so I don't know I get really excited I don't know what all I've said that's great it sounds really amazing amazing. yeah it sounds great and um we'll put your web address in the show notes for sure but tell us a little bit about why you started your podcast for North North Star yes so started the podcast not too, too long ago. I guess it's about a year. It's been about a year since we first started talking about it and just moving the idea around in our head. And I I really think God planted it there. And I never thought that I could do a podcast. Um, But God let a few things happen where I had made some videos 
her Facebook online to try to recruit help for um, some orphan boys that we had had come from the Ukraine, um, come to Olive Branch. And so I realized, okay, I can talk, I can do these videos, maybe we can do this. Um, we can have some really cool people on to talk about education, but also to talk about a lot of other topics, things that people might be dealing with where we've had, you know, counselors come on, talk about parenting or anxiety. We've had stuff, COVID really changed everything. So we've had doctors come on and, and give tips about that. Um, we've had, you know, different colleges come on and, and give tips. We've got one that just came out today um, about if you want to play college sports and you need help with NCAA, what do, you, what, do we, what do we do? What are the steps? So wow. we really try to help people along, but God gave me the vision to just share stories. So it's the North Star narrative. So everyone has a story. And I have just had so much fun having guests on that God, God is bringing our way. Every single person has so much wisdom and mm. so many little nuggets. I know you probably experienced that by hearing stories, you just sit in awe of, mm. wow, this is really cool what I'm learning from them. Yes. Well, and it's, you said that, you said nuggets of, of wisdom. And I agree. I think it is amazing to, that everyone has a story and it's, you know, sharing that story. And that's how I started the podcast as well. So I think that is so important and such encouragement. I've listened to an episode right as COVID came out last spring about anxiety and um, your guest with uh, Lori, and it was so good. And so I think that you are really doing a great work in that podcast. And I love the name. Definitely. It is a narrative. And I think that is great. So what would you tell a woman that is walking through what you were walking through when you were 30, when you really um, knew there was something else going on and didn't really realize what it was. And um, what would you tell her? I would say, listen, listen to Jesus. I mean, first it really is all about Jesus. You've got to have a relationship. I can't imagine walking through something like that without Jesus. Um, he is everything um, to me, he is the reason I live and exist, cannot make it without him. And so um, I would first ask, do you know Jesus? Have you given your life to him? Do you know that he loves you, that he died for you, that he has given everything for you and that he has a purpose for you? Even in the midst of whatever you're feeling right now, he has a purpose. He's going to use this and he wants to use the rest of your life. So have you given that to him? Have you given up? I would say give up quick. Don't fight don't fight this. Don't fight what God is using in your life. Um, just give it to him and say, here I am, do with me whatever you want. And then he will, he will take over from there. He will bring people into your life, whether it's doctors or friends or counselors or whatever you need. He will really take over when you just say, here I am. Mm. How much has the word of God digging in his word made a difference in your life? Oh, it's everything. Um, because this is God's story. And it's, it's where we find who we are and who he is. And so as you're in the word, um, every day, I mean, I try to be soaking it every day and, and memorize it so that if I'm not, don't have the Bible, then I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm meditating on it. And, um, you just learn that God is so for us and his word is encouraging. One scripture that I've given out a lot is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but with everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace that surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And that's it. So just laying it down, thanking him 
one thing I would say, which is very hard to do, no matter what you're walking through right now, is to thank him for it. Mm-hmm. I don't care how bad it seems or how difficult. Thank him for it. Because when you can get to where you're thankful, then it, it's accepting it and it's welcoming it. It's pressing into Jesus and he will take over and do things you could never imagine with it, whatever it is. But that's a really hard place to get. And you're only going to get there, I think, if, if you're in the word, if you're in him. Um, but he will give you that peace that surpasses all comprehension. I don't, I can't even count how many times that I've said that out loud, whether I'm driving down the street or whatever, and mm. just prayed that and that peace that you really cannot explain comes and um, you just feel. And so every day I am walking with that peace, with that joy, with just an excitement for him and know my life's not perfect. And so that's another thing I want to say, nobody's life is perfect. So my life was not perfect when I was young. My life was not perfect when I'm 30 and it's not perfect now, no matter if you're on medicine or not, you know, it's just not perfect. Um, Argue with my husband. He's in the ministry. I'm in ministry. We still have trouble with our marriage. You know, it's not perfect. We have to fight for that and really pray and give that to Jesus every day. I don't have perfect kids. Um, I'm sure everything's not perfect at North Star. We're always striving to be better. Um, So it's not perfect. And it's okay to say, I'm not perfect. This is messed up. I think I'm broken here. Yeah, you're broken. I'm broken. We're all broken. But Jesus is the one that holds us all together and he will hold you together. And so I just wanted to really share whoever you are right now, that Jesus is freedom, freedom in Christ and freedom in community. So you are not alone. Oh, that's great. What a great way to end. So where can people find you and North Star online? Yeah. So northstar-academy.org is our website. Um, you can find the podcast on there. If you get to that, there's a menu, there's a podcast, but the podcast is the North Star Narrative. That's great. I'll put all that in the show notes. Well, I am so excited we got to chat with today. I have a three little question segment that I ask all my guests because I like to eat and I want to know what people are reading and what they're loving. So what are you eating? Well, um, a recipe that I found, it's really good. It's coconut curry. I love it so much. Um, I put like bok choy and lentils, but it's full of full fat coconut milk and curry powder. And there's some other ingredients, but it was so good that my husband ate a bowl. My family's real picky about food, but my kids wouldn't even really touch it. And so I was like, so thankful though, because I spent the next five days just soaking in that stuff. I was like, I took a bath and it was so good. So I bought all the ingredients to make it again. Anyway, that's really good. That sounds awesome. Okay. What are you reading? Um, I'm actually reading, um, something to do with food as well. It's the 40 day sugar fast. Okay. So I've heard about I that. Really, sugar. Yeah. Sugar is fun. Mm. Everybody loves sugar, <laughs> but for me, it actually causes joint pain and mm. uh, achiness. And so yeah. when I'm not eating sugar, totally different person. Mm, wow. Isn't that interesting? It does affect a lot and it definitely, I mean, I think that's where a lot of our you know, extra weight gain comes from. It does. I mean, I was without sugar for a few weeks and I kind of noticed a difference, which was amazing. But what am I loving? Oh gosh. I love so many things. Of course, like I talked about Jesus's word, North Star Academy, love every moment. Like it's not a job. It Uh is just a ministry. Just love coming. Something new is happening every day. Loving that my kids are in college, (laughs) empty nesters, loving that I still have a kindergarten at home. Mm. life is really, really good. That's great. Yeah. It's kind of like you get to do it 
again. <laughs> That's yeah. fun. That really is. That's great. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Stephanie. It was my pleasure and I'm so excited that we got to hear your story and just your encouragement to us today. So thanks for coming. Thanks so much. It was so good to be here. Thank you for joining me for this conversation today with Stephanie. You can connect with her at Northstar on Instagram, and you can find the link of it in the show notes at renrobbins.com slash podcast. One more thing. Would you do me a favor? Would you consider sharing this episode with a friend? Maybe someone who has dealt with a type of struggle like anxiety or depression. And thank you for listening. I usually take a podcast break every December. So the next time you hear me on the Friends of a Feather, it will be in the new year. So my January focus on the podcast will be biblical literacy. And I cannot wait to share my conversations with friends who are legit amazing teachers at this. I have been encouraged through them and I know you will too. But stay tuned for December 2nd when I get to share part two over on Stephanie's podcast, The North Star Narrative. So until then, I hope you have a great Christmas and I will see you back here on Friday, January the 1st. And remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Bye, friends.